Yo, welcome to another episode of The Fix. Today we welcome the homie DJ Crunch, a.k.a. Pastor Lewis. What up, homie? Hey, man, what's going on? Well, we welcome one of the premier disc jockeys in the Toronto nightclub scene. And uh, before we kind of jump into it, we really want to thank you for your continued support and always kind of keeping us in mind with hot tips on DJs coming to town. Absolutely. Love supporting my own city and... and Everything that's coming out of it right now, everything that's art, everything that's creative. Did you are you Toronto dude? Did you grow up in Toronto? Um, that question, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my growing up, actually, the, the majority of it was in Toronto. So I moved here in '98 from Iran. Okay. Uh, but anything to do with music, growing up, culture, it was Toronto. It was shaped yeah. by Toronto. I was I was only up to what, eight or nine years old in in Iran, to, okay. so I wasn't really exposed to too much. Mm-hmm. That's also true for music. I wasn't exposed to music at all whatsoever. Okay, before that, at least Western music at all. Yeah. And what what made your family move to Toronto? My dad was always traveling back and forth, and this is um, the answer to that is the classic uh, immigrant family. Better life. Better life for the kids. Yeah. Fair. You know, better education, better life. So to that, I owed my dad the better education part, which I'd like to think I completed. Mm-hmm. So I did everything. I was a U of D inbred. So I did my undergrad, my master's, my work, everything there. Worked at the hospitals for a bit, uh, Sick Kids and Princess Margaret with a lot of lovely individuals. Mm-hmm. Wrote a few papers, and that was it. Yeah, it's crazy. Diggy was telling me that you had a science background. Yeah. I had no idea because you, you don't have a ton of information it's, it's out not, there online. It so. really it really isn't that that hard to grasp that idea. Um, I was having this conversation with another friend of mine a few days ago, and they they were telling me how more and more, more often, they're getting to know all these DJs more on a personal level. I'm finding out that they have this whole other world. Mm-hmm. Look, we're all creatives at the end of the day. Um, what I did in the lab at, at Sick Kids and Princess Margaret, that's all creativity. Mm-hmm. We're not, when, when you start in research, the difference between research and academia is that research, you're coming up constantly. You have to come up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. Where do those new ideas come from? That's yeah. creativity. You have, to, you have to imagine those ideas. Of course, there's rhyme and reasoning behind it, but it's the same thing as you coming up with a 15-minute routine for Rebel 3 Style or whatever competition you're working with. You still got to be creative in your head. You're like, Okay, I'm gonna put this and this together. It does make sense in my head from my past experience. Same thing with science. Mm-hmm. From past experiments, I know this works with this. I'm gonna try this experiment out. Okay. So designing an experiment in a lab compared to designing a 15 minute set or putting together a 15 minute set, it's really not that different. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting perspective yep, for sure. And are you still active in in the field? No, um, I I'm a big believer that when it comes to science, you can't have one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have one foot in, one foot out. And that's why I respect and and hold um, all these scientists who are actually committing their entire life mm-hmm. to a very high, you know, degree of of, of uh, respect. Um, my PI, my boss. She never had the chance or the time to actually get married. Okay. Although, as a husband, as a kid, I remember going to um, going to uh, conferences. We went to Miami. She flew down all of us um, at a presentation too. It was a big conference, four or five thousand people. But basically, the second day, she had a talk, and her mom, which is the kid's grand uh, grandmother, flew down with her just to see her mom. Mm-hmm. So flew down with the kid so she can actually see her mom. Wow. That's the context we're talking about, the time that you have to commit 
to that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So, and and it scares me if I if I know of someone that is half doing the job, because then they're putting everybody else at risk, or they're wasting a lot of money. Of course, research is an is incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. The money doesn't unfortunately get to the researchers, but the research part itself incredibly expensive. Each experiment can run anywhere from five hundred to ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. It's insane, crazy. Yeah. Do you see yourself falling back into that once this uh, DJ game? I don't. I don't. Down? I don't think so. No. Um, it, it's one of those games that you need to be in the know again. Yeah. Every day there's new information coming out. There's mm-hmm. new research coming out. If you're not in the know, they playing catch up. That's similar to DJing too. I find too. Like if I you're said, out of the exactly. game for a year, you're you're yeah. you're lost. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. w- what point did um with did the desire to to DJ outweigh um you know going staying in academia or, or science sure. fields? So how it all started was I made um I made a a wager at bed with my mom that if I come out of high school and I finish high school a year early, I'm like if I spend this year apply for all the universities and if I get in, you're gonna have to buy me my first DJ setup. And she's like, no problem. So at their expense, I applied to every university. And it's not cheap. I, I, I remember like $150 in application or something. Okay. So I spent all the money, applied across the board, across Canada, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, everywhere. everywhere everyone came back positive, got accepted, except for Queens. I don't know, whatever was up with Queens, they didn't want to accept me. <laughs> um, everywhere I got accepted, all the U of T campuses whatnot. So she ended up buying me my first um, set of turntables. And it was... New marks. It was like okay. a DJ startup one. DJ it was it wasn't build driven though. It was direct drive, so that was good. Yeah. The mixer was terrible. <laughs> but it was it was it it was good for what it was. It was like And a, what spawned that desire for you to ask your mom that? Like were you like into this is, music? It's, it's funny. I have this 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 entire story is this like n- like long beautiful thing, but the answer to that specific part is so simple. My sister took me out with a fake ID one time to this <laughs> to this bar nightclub that was empty. It was in I remember it being in New Yorkville. This is two thousand and two maybe. Okay. And I walk in and the very first thing I see is a DJ playing on vinyl. And to me it just caught my eye that there's music coming out of this black piece of plastic. Yeah. And then he's using another black piece of plastic that there's also music coming out of somehow. And he's seamlessly mixing in and out of it, and it makes sense. And he's it just, a scientist. It, bl- it blew my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And literally the next day, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Dope. But the, go, going back to what made me take music instead of the science world, um, I got to experience both both ends simultaneously. So when I started at university, that's when I just got my... Um, Battle pack, DJ battle pack yeah. <clears throat> that my mom bought. So I took that with me. So while I was first year university, I was messing around, I was playing, I was taking some whatever gigs I could get. By 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 no means was I a good DJ, but I was trying to get out there. I was going to play the record all the time. I was harassing Nav and like <laughs> what sh- kind of what kind of stuff were you playing and were you into back then? Nothing particular. Remember, I, I wasn't um, musically inclined at all. If you were to like. Ask me, hey, do you uh, name me a couple of record labels of, of hip hop or how? I wouldn't be able to tell you. I wouldn't be able to name artists much. Yeah, I was. My sister was buying. Um, wh- what did she buy? She bought 
Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. That's one CD I actually bought. And these were like, we were sharing the CDs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one was Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are the CDs that like were kicking around that my sister had. Like I wasn't really exposed <laughs> to music. The, expose, the exposure came from Play the Record, from harassing Nav and Shane. Over and over, Shane's like, listen, tell him you're a student, you need the money, you want to work here. And back then, everybody wanted a job at Play the Record. Yeah. Everyone. Mm-hmm. So harassing him day in and out, finally Nav gave in. He got, he got me a job there. Anyways, prior to that, so I took the um, the battle pack to my first year of university, started playing around a bit. Every day I would go play the record. My heart just kind of fell into the whole music thing. Kind of took off. It hurt my academia, um, of course, because, again, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, see, Queens knew what was up. Queens, yeah. <laughs> Queen, Queen. They foreshadowed. They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they foreshadowed the entire system. <laughs> Shout out to Queens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So by the end of the first year, things picked up for me. And even though we, we still don't know to this day how me and Andrew kind of came about, but me and ma- my manager came about, um, he's doing huge shows now. He doesn't uh, deal with DJs anymore. He mm-hmm. does, uh, his company's called Side Stage. He okay, j- yeah, he, of he course. Just, yeah. He just did the Action Bronson show. Okay, yeah. Fantastic show. Yeah. Great. First time seeing him. Fantastic. Um, what a presence. When he walks out, he's like a tank yeah yeah, yeah. like you're, even if you're standing back of the crowd he's just a tank he walks yeah. he's just a presence um great performer too yeah lovely dude yeah charismatic dude man. very very much so it's it's an actual show you feel like it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a real show and he has no stage uh design no lights no crazy nothing yeah classic hip-hop like black black curtains on the back and that's yeah. a dj booth and so <clears throat> anyways by the end of the first year i started dealing with andrew a lot and he started booking me out on a lot of tours I did East Coast, West Coast. I did the MTV Love Tour. I think the first year that was it, it, that was being done, it was with um, Team Canada DJ. So it was yeah. Aaron and them. Yeah. Um, so I did the second year. Then I then I started touring with Aoki in Canada. So I was opening act. Okay, dope. Steve Aoki. Um, after that was I went on a tour with Justin Bieber. His DJ, I was nice. his, I was his DJ. Dope. His actual his, his actual, actual DJ. DJ. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I, I don't, not a lot of people know, but this is when he had his uh, bowl cut. In, okay. in his, <laughs> um, and his lovely grandparents would tour with him. Okay. Yeah, and That's uh, crazy. The, the, is that lovely sarcastic? No, or? no, okay. no. It was it was it was the most wholesome thing I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, He's yeah. like these old like this old couple his grandparents from a small town like following mm. him on these big shows uh the the, the, the was he popping then or was it a slow, yeah slow yeah build? it was it was he was he was at the moment where you know girls or fans would approach him yeah and it would just uh break down in tears mm-hmm. <laughs> spontaneously which i it was it was a thing to see it was Crazy. it's literally i i'm never I, i'm not sure if you've experienced it or seen a, a human just spontaneously like break out in tears <laughs> But that he was at that point. Crazy um, <clears throat> was like Usher around and Scooter and like yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. He, was, he was found. He was, yeah, he was yeah, found yeah. it then. Crazy. Um, so his grandparents would always take any gifts, all the teddy bears and stuffed toys and the flowers and stuff, put them in a brown box, and at the end of the day, would give it to like whoever staff was working at that venue. Would never like give it to Justin okay. yeah, yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. They thought yeah. they were protecting him. Uh, so I start touring with him. I then I before the weekend uh, went up with his full band. I was his tour DJ too for a little short period of time. So I worked with, with with that group. Great great group of guys too. I have a lot of stories with those guys. Um, so I experienced that. 
I was happy. I was doing my thing. I wasn't really thinking of the academia part. Um, near the end, I think the traveling part of it got to me where like every day you're in and out of the different city and yeah. I got really tired. And for me personally, um, the the part that you feel you belong to a community when you're you're in school mm -hmm. that that's a beautiful part of being in 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 university and it's one of the most important parts honestly aside from especially at that age right yes yeah, aside from developing into an adult and forming honestly, real relationships yeah. and figuring aside out from education part of alone and and i feel like you know uh, that aspect of university and education is, is never uh, there's never a spotlight on it yeah, you know it's yep. very important, like you said, mm -hmm. feeling like you're you're within a community, feeling like you're inclusive, and you have your peers around you and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. At least that's what I found to be special at, at University of Toronto. So and you I, felt you were missing that a bit. Yeah. So after all of that, I'm like, you know, I needed a break, and and um, that that's that was my per, a perfect getaway. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna go on a little hiatus. I'm gonna finish up school. I'm gonna do the master's thing, and and um. Once I felt uh, compelled and, I, and and everything was done, that's when I'm like, I need to get back to my creative side. So you worked at Play D then. What was that like once you finally got in there? You got so, uh, so and like for I those who don't know, sorry, for yeah. those who don't know, yeah, Play yeah. to Record is kind of the uh, staple Toronto. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca uh, um, record shop. Record, yeah. It's the Mecca. I, I, I saw it all. You know, it was it's it's funny when I think about it because for the very short period of time that I've done all this, I kind of got to experience a little bit of everything because when, even when I was I played a record, that's when I, Serato came out. I was working mm -hmm, when the crazy. first box came out, so I saw the change. Um, so like we were talking uh, when I was first year university, when I used to go to play the record, Shane told me, he's like, do you want a job here? This is a secret. Harass Nav. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Nav. I love him. Still talk to him to this day. Nav Saga. He went on to open up um, venues around the city, miss things, tons, right tons uh, of it. What was that before? Wrong bar. Wrong bar was it was 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 a beautiful place. Now he's got mm -hmm. the great one of my hall. fondest fondest some, memories. Some good shows some there. Great shows. Yeah, Kit's sister was his first show. Okay, and I remember I was there like we were trying to like set up everything the last minute. Kit's sister, my favorite show there though. Oh, first time I saw Paul ever. Scratch okay. Bastard. And the very first, the only thing I can remember from that that night is he was such a happy DJ. Yeah, <laughs> he had a, he always had a big smile on him, it's like crazy. he does I now. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I've never seen like that wasn't a thing for me because anytime I would go up to a DJ, I'd be like, you know, the the, the mean mug they would have on their face and like, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm a yeah, DJ. Try to get Diggy to smile while he's DJing. <laughs> but so so for me to see someone of that caliber be smiling, that was just blew my mind. Yeah, that yeah. and Skrillex when Skrillex did a show there. It, Blew my mind. People were crawling on the ceiling. Yeah, that I'm venue, not exaggerating. That venue was yeah. a staple. People were staple crawling spot. on the ceilings. Yeah. There was no room. That was the that was the drugs. On <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was unreal. It was yeah. a free for all. There was no security. There was nothing like with Skrillex. Everybody just jumped the stage. It was just like it was like a boiler room yeah. like yeah, type. Yeah. Of, um, oh. So I, I I started harassing Nav and one day I remember he woke me up. I was at uh, at my residence at Chestnut. Um, young and Nandas area. He called me. He's like, "Do you want? Do you want to work today?" I'm like, "What's up?" He's like, "Everybody called in sick," mm -hmm. and it was Friday. Uh, for people that don't know, Thursdays is when we would get the shipment in. Yeah, and there'd be line up down the down the street. People would come in one by one. Would listen to records. That's what we would do at a record shop, and they just pile it up wherever they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Thursday morning, you'd walk in, and there's just piles of records everywhere. Just so Friday, yeah. So Friday morning, the day after the mayhem. So, the, you're, the, you're in so everybody calls in sick, <laughs> conveniently. So Nav goes, "Can you work today?" I'm like, "Sure." 
I can't say no. I've been harassed for so long. I'm trying to get a job there. Yeah. I'm like, no problem. And mind you, again, like we talked, we talked earlier, uh, mu- musically inclined. No, I was not musically inclined. Did I, did I know? Could I differ from genres? Yeah. Hip hop and house people can do, yeah. but can you, um, can you defer, you know, a certain label from another yeah. or a certain subgenre within hip hop from yeah. another or certain ha- house was a huge one. Cause there's like so many subgenres, so and, many, so yeah. many. And, um, so I had to go on on Friday and what I did was literally record by record. I had to pull it out, listen to it. I mean, like, okay, this is a house song. Read the back of the, um, the sleeve, see what label it was and then make sense of it that, that way. So that's that's an educational, uh, invaluable so educational I got, process. So again, like I said, even though my career, music career, and all this has been so short because I wasn't exposed to it since since a kid, since I was a kid. Yeah, I had a, a real crash course. You want to yeah. trial like, by fire? Yeah, you yeah. want to call it like an actual like crash course, like just shoving yeah. it down in your like head. Yeah, that's what it was for me. Like every day, I'd have to go in, and who who better to learn from? Shane, when it comes to hip hop and forty five and reggae, yeah, who better to learn um, nah, jungle we'll, drum and bass? When was he, Jason Palmer there back then? Oh, too? Yeah, everybody, yeah, the yeah, whole crew yeah, was there. Yeah. So, so um, when it came to drum and bass and jungle, would not Ryan Frankie Guns and Frankie Guns was huge. He was like the guy in that scene of like drum and bass, jungle, yeah, all that stuff. Um, he he invited me to a few shows in at Cool House when they used to throw. It crazy parties mm-hmm. that whole jungle scene like yeah. jungle. fantastic shows too too bad th- there aren't any venues support supporting him much these days yeah so he was doing that um Adil was doing the house stuff um lovely dude uh i'm trying to figure out the name's not coming to my mind but he used to do the tech house and he used to play at government too and he also produced i forgot his name don't don't shoot me um, yeah. Jason was there. Yep. Nav was there. Eugene, obviously, that was yeah. in the shop. Yeah. Uh, Eugene's wife. Yeah. Um, his kids were there. Who else was there? Yeah. That that was that was about it. And then we'd have every summer we'd have an intern coming in, and one of the ones was Sam. Um, he, he was a lovely dude too. But yeah, that's where I got my crash course in in music. Literally, yep. like, and and days where I didn't have much to clean up, they would they would ask me to go downstairs. We had a basement, and that basement. Yeah, yeah. What was in that basement? Uh, I would always see people kind of walking back there. That basement is is one of the most peculiar, interesting spaces. Yeah. So I don't know if you know the history we played. It it was another record shop before that Eugene's dad owned. Okay. I think it was called like Island Records or something. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So his dad owned it. So then it got passed down to Eugene. That's why they they've been at that shop forever. So I kind of saw how it turned over and. If you guys remember, right when Serato came out, it was off to the races of who has a hard drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah, music. Yeah. yeah, who's got it? Who's got all the instrumentals, the who's acapellas? The, who's who's organized? The, who's who's got all this? And, yeah. Me being th- again, my career was so short, but I would just at the right place at the right time every time. Yeah. So all this time, Shane was ripping and recording all the CDs and vinyls mm-hmm. all this time. Yeah. He didn't even know Serato was coming out. He just had a huge catalog. So when Serato came out, there was three people. It was starting from scratch, Baby U and Shane. Mm-hmm. Baby U to this day has an insane collection. He has gems that nobody has and he still gets some new and old. Yeah. 
scratch starting from scratch obviously he has, mm-hmm. he has crazy gems too some acapellas that you, you'd never think that was out there yeah and like we're not we're not talking about like rip ripped acapellas or a diy type of thing like full. yeah yeah um so it was three of them shane obviously gave me his hard drive had that but prior to him passing it on to me i think him and baby and, and start from scratch all did a little swap yeah swapped so his hard drive was the master one that he handed down to me Shit. so my hard drive now to this day goes back to 2005 2006 of their stuff crazy i'm, I'm slowly trying to like clean it up Do you how many how, how many terabytes you sitting on <laughs> Um, to be honest with you, uh, to two. two and a half, I think. Two and a half, crazy. But that's a lot. That's a of lot of music. That's, crazy that's for a lot. Music. Yeah. That's an insane amount of music. I find that overwhelming sometimes. It, yeah. it is, especially yeah. if you have them all in one place and you're playing, yeah, and and you're yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna play Best of Me, yeah, right? Jay Z, yeah, like eight versions, and like you pull it up, and... yeah, yeah, and yeah. Spe- especially on top of that, if if you're the type of person who does clear their history and reset their track list. At the end of the night, which I I do, it's a practice that I think helps a lot of DJs or sh- or, or should a lot of DJs should be doing it. Yeah, you don't you know get... what version is the good one though. That's that's why I find when that I, when yeah. I don't clear the history, I find that beneficial because when you do a search like that, you know that that's the the clean exactly. Proper so that version, helps. Right? That helps. But I think the the, the upside of clearing yeah. is that you become much it faster. Opens your, no, yeah. no, you don't become lazy anymore. Cause, cause you know you're relying on that highlighted track, mm-hmm. yeah. That like, okay, well, I'm searching it; it's there anyway, so I have an extra. Yeah, it makes seconds. you lazy. It makes, makes you, you a little bit. Makes you a little bit. I'm not saying it's it's totally bad. Yeah, I mean, I I, I struggle with that too. I've been trying. I've been trying to clear it more lately because I find it just yeah. keeps me more open minded as so, I'm going through the night. Mm-hmm. So to help with the whole, you know, you search and a few things come up. So what I've been doing is I've been trying to delete duplicates and yeah. keeping only masters for sure. <laughs> So um, there's a program for Mac. It's a free one to um, where it'll search based on your criteria, your entire, and it's quick. It's super fast. Uh, depending if you have SSD hard drive, it'll pull up all the duplicates on your hard drive. Okay. Based on the parameters and the stringencies that you've set, so you could set percentage wise. I want a hundred percent duplicate or ninety five or eighty five. And the lower you put, the more it'll find. Because mm-hmm. sometimes your file names aren't exactly the same, but they are the same files. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would search. And then based off of that search, you can set, uh, you could uh, pick different categories. So kind, duration, date added. Mm-hmm. What bit I do. Rate. Bit rate. Yeah. What I, so it already, so the bit rate thing automatically does it itself. So it picks the worst out of the best. So you have two tracks. Perfect. One's 192, one's 320. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll select the 192 to be deleted, not the 320. Perfect. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way I go further, uh, 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 one, I guess, step deeper or into it, yeah. is that I sort it based on date modified. Mm-hmm. Because say you have that five tracks of Best of Me, right? But you've only been playing the one master one, the main one, that you know it's the best quality. So that's going to be modified to the to last the last, last show. Yeah, yeah. So if you search it that way, and you only delete the duplicates that say were last modified 2015, that's yeah. four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know you haven't played that. Mm-hmm. If you delete that, yeah. right? And I've tested this out. So you delete it, it goes into your trash. It's not mm-hmm. completely gone yet. So don't don't freak yeah. out. Yeah. Go to Serato. You rescan the ID tags. Mm-hmm. Then all those files that are in the trash come up missing. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then you can really see, okay, the ones that got deleted were redundant copies that I mm-hmm. didn't want to use. When you're happy, then you empty your trash bin. 
Wow, if, this is stressing me out, man. If, Thinking if, about my 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 yeah, files. It's, yeah. So I've been. This is what I've been doing every day now for past two weeks, and it's 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 super hard and super time taking, monotonous. But but it is like once you're done with it yeah. and you start like going back into your practice, and during the process of suddenly you're coming up with these crazy ideas because you're, you, you, you you're haven't remembering come songs and yeah you're like oh my god i could do this with this new track mm-hmm. now so it's it, the process isn't redundant as in you're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. you're cleaning up you're coming across old tracks at the but um i wanted to make sure i'm not deleting files that like i might have not played in a while but i, I might want to play of course that's why i did the date modification and it you know, so I did that. But once you put, even put it back from the trash back into the folder, if you have a master folder, you rescan the ID tags, it relocates all the files. Yeah, so not okay. a problem. Yeah. So I did that by trial and error several times. So, sometimes deleting stuff I didn't want, so mm. I put back. So I figured like four years is is a good measure. What uh, What's the name of the software? Do you know off um, the top of your head? No, but I will. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll look it up. I totally forgot. Uh, if 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 you just look up duplicate files. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually a Serato t- a tutorial off of, uh, is it the mixer or, or, or fader fader? Oh, okay. Fader does yeah. the tips. And I was just listening to this advanced tip the other day and, um, they named the program. So okay, if anybody's cool. looking for it, look up the fader advanced, nice. you oh. know, you know, a bunch of people right now are going opening up their library right now and be like, Oh man, I oh, can yeah. do this. It, it, it really, it really opens up your creativity more when you're on the spot and playing mm-hmm. and your library's clean. Yeah, even uh, Nick Bike spoke about even just kind of like going into Serato and then like going to the tracks that uh, have never been like sc- like yeah. scanned, and then you okay, know yeah. that likely like if they haven't been like they don't have tagged, the key and if all they don't that. have the key and everything, yeah. then likely it's just been sitting mm-hmm. there forever. I, right? I get I, I get it. We spend five hours that that's our nine to five. That yeah. five hour ten to three that we spend, and I understand when we're home, that's our time off. Mm-hmm. there's never time off right right <laughs> so I, I i understand why sometimes it gets neglected yeah we are we're, we're humans we have errands we have other stuff we yeah. have to do yeah we don't have our saturday sundays off yeah like normal people like well, mm-hmm. not normal but most most people that have a structured job mm-hmm. so we don't get to have you know the time off to do this run the errands with everyone else like kind of so when we're home and it's during the week and it's work hours for everybody else and that's when you know, people hit us up, yeah. whether it's for work or, or personal matters or whatnot. That's when other people who are at their jobs, who are supposed to be communicating with us, do communicate. So that takes up more time when we have our time off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's easy to neglect and forget about your hard drive, but it's extremely important. So important. Honestly. It's almost a good practice to kind of give really yourself is. a schedule of like, okay, like, one hour a day organization, one hour, you know, working on technical stuff, one hour, like to mm-hmm. kind of actually visualize what you're yeah. going to do in that time off because it all, it all coincides. And a, and, a, and a tip that helps too is don't spend 100% of the time that you're going through your library on your couch or on your bed with your computer. Have do it you, hooked ha- up. Have it hooked up because what I find most of the time is I'll divert from doing that. Like I'll do 20 minutes of that, but I'll come across a track that I'm like, I could really cut this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then I'll yeah. just get into a practice routine and you for get like side, literally but... 20 minutes. So not only are you cleaning up your library, but you're practicing at the same time. And you find inspiration when you least expect it too, right? Nice. So let's uh, let's talk about the nightclubs yeah. a bit. As well, I yeah. mentioned, you worked at some of the premier high-end uh, clubs in the city. We we're talking the bottle service things yeah. like Everly, <laughs> yeah. EFS, yeah. Wildflower, Apartment 200. Yeah. How, how's, how did you kind of 
end up in that world. So you did the touring, you win it back into science. You know, you know, it's it's funny too. Again, with that is I never, I could never say I was a bedroom DJ. Mm -hmm. I was I I just got thrown right into the mix. Yeah, I got thrown right into the mix. Um, first university, of course, I was I was eighteen. I was underage. I wouldn't be allowed anywhere. So I had a I had a fake ID. And I remember I made a pact with an owner of this one club called Havana. Okay. And it was right beside Crocodile Rock. It's a sushi, <laughs> it's a, it's a sushi joint now. Okay. It's a, fan, it's a great sushi joint, too. It's it, um, Japango. We can talk about food, too. Uh, <laughs> Japango opened up their second location. There. Anyhow, he would let me flyer, promote on the corner of the street till midnight. And at midnight, I, I'd be allowed to go in and watch the DJ. Okay. But I would, I'd only stand in the DJ booth and just, like, obviously no alcohol. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... That was like really like how I learned a lot of my interaction with the crowd, what works, what doesn't, what a DJ should be doing in a nightclub. Yeah. Um, I think who was playing there? Um, Spence Diamonds. Okay. Oh, yeah. Michael Mayhem, which I was speaking to. Not a lot of people might know him, but he's also an OG from the day. Uh, but again, all these guys on vinyl. Tricks, the comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was playing there too. Okay, so, so was it I, mostly I, urban? Oh urban yeah, stuff? I I, yeah. Le- I learned a good a good deal of my reggae. From dancehall and reggae from tricks. Okay. Yeah, he he's coming. Ah, uh, he was the funniest guy too. Back then, he was just cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. I remember one time he cut off the music, shut shut the music off because this girl was harassing him for to play like Britney Spears or something. <laughs> it was an urban night. Shuts off the music, goes on the mic. He's a comedian. Yeah. Starts cracking joke, points at her, go and and basically said something like, "Does anybody really want to hear Britney Spears?" And the crowd starts booing, and he's pointing at this girl's like, "Don't ever come up to me." You see the crowd. Probably got no here. more requests for the rest of yeah. the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like um, bobbing their head so, quietly. So yeah, I was never bedroom DJ. I, I kind of got thrown into that. I was really going out, and, and this is one of the keys I, I try to, a lot of um, <coughs> DJs who want to break out into mm-hmm. the nightclub scene ask me, how do you do this? Networking. Yeah. Just go out and literally show face. And, and yeah. the, the, the more you show your face, the more your name gets thrown around and that one opportunity that that one DJ is sick that one night or something happens and they need a DJ. Yeah. Listen, if your name comes up first because you've shown face so many times, yeah. that's how you get to that one opportunity. For sure. Then it's on to you to keep that opportunity and make something of it. Yeah, for sure. So I was going to places so have I I was going to places like Afterlife. Yeah. Um yeah. after Afterlife, uh great DJs coming out of that too. Downstairs was Undercover. Uh, who still plays? Jos, who doesn't play anymore. Uh, who's playing? And is anybody else? No, but and and summertime, Walshy Fire okay. would spend every Sunday there with us. Crazy. He wasn't he wasn't an MC or a mm-hmm. DJ. Nothing. He was he was Randy's cousin. Jos, the DJ, Randy's cousin. Okay. So he knows. He's actually he has deep roots in Toronto too. Mm-hmm. Walshy Fire. So he would come down and like he'd hang out. And it was three floors, and the top floor was soca and reggae, and Adil would play up there. So this is how I learned a lot of my mm-hmm. music too. It's like uh, back then people would be like, "How do you know reggae so much?" Or like soca so. This I know it. How do you know house so much? This I know. Adil would pick me up at three in the morning from my resident at UFD drive because he would he would also he was amazing DJ Adil. He he'd play after hours at. Um, Film Lounge, okay, which was yeah. in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he'd pick me up at three a.m. He'd be drive there. I'd sit sit back in the DJ booth, and he'd play till like six in the morning, mm-hmm. and I would just listen. And that's when I started also working. I played record, so I was excited because I'd listen to music. I played a record, and Adil, I'd be like, Adil, can you play this tonight? Can you just 
bring, yeah, it, yeah. bring it bring it with you and then he, yeah he'd bring it and I'd, I'd like pull it out I'd be like yo yo can you play this next play that's this dope. next please play this next so it was, it was fun so that, that's how I really like broke into the um, nightclub thing and that's how I learned what yeah. works it, it, what DJs do as opposed to me coming up with my own idea in, in a bedroom Mm-hmm. And then trying to the trial and trans- translate that into so that's why I didn't have that error part of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. I you I learned saw, a lot from yeah. a lot of great DJs and to this day I still learn a lot from a lot of great DJs a lot of my routines come from different DJs and it's a conversation I have all the time I name every single DJ that has taught me a certain routine or mm-hmm. not a lot of my routines come scratch bastard DJ AM anybody who I can learn from yeah your edits anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, say uh, a couple of my favorite edits I can name top of my head. Uh, the uh, could be love with the Nas edit that you have. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, the Ray Charles Gold Digger one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you put on the uh, the drum comes from, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, comes from the sample of Nas. I can. Yeah. Imp- yeah. Impeach the president. Uh, I don't think it, I've it, heard that edit. It's called Impeach the Woman. <laughs> I, I was, I was, Gems I was, I was, I was holding out. You know, you know, you know. The, the other day, I was looking at the name, and I was like, "You might want to this day and age, you might want to change that name, impeach, impeach the woman, because that's what you <laughs> yeah, named yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but you took the Nas I can sample the drum sample of it, yeah. and you put Ray Charles's, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it works perfectly because I can go into like Nas I can with that. It's yeah, the same, yeah, yeah. same exact, mm-hmm. fantastic. I because I, I have this, my favorite thing to do live is always samples into the originals mm-hmm. yeah yeah um anyway so yeah i always I have, I have no problem in 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 naming and shouting out who i've learned from yeah and you're so gonna the, you're the gonna networking part of it all that stuff i learned from a lot of great djs mm-hmm. um so i always would listen to you know 93.5 or any of the live to airs when live tour was fun back then mm-hmm. you know um junior flow keys and crates he'd be yeah. on um a lot of great DJs would be playing live to air, man. It was fantastic back then, but unfortunately, the programming diverged completely from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? But that's how I got into the nightclub, mm-hmm. the nightclub world. Yeah, and, and you were fortunate to have that break early, but but as you were talking about networking and, and fostering and maintaining these relationships, that had to, you, you have to put in work to, to keep a that lot, over A years, lot of work. Right? And just like today, there was, there was, uh, there were there was people who closed doors that mm. I would knock on that would not open their doors. There were there were people who th- who who um, threw me right out. Mm-hmm. You know the idea of me even playing. There was OGs. I, I'm not I, I'm not gonna name who, but like who say I would come and play the night, and I'd be the guest DJ, and they take it as oh I'm opening up for a nobody. And as soon as I would try to like set up, they just disconnect. Mm-hmm. So it's just I'm stuck up there now, like no music, and I'm like. Frantically trying to like set up everything, yeah. you know, and you know, there's no SSD hard drives back then. You're you're working off of a regular HDD hard drive, so it's not as fast mm-hmm. for for a guy that's you know that maybe I haven't played at that venue yet. So first impressions are just out the door. Yeah, like yeah, everybody's yeah. looking up at me. What's going on? Those... So I've had that. I've, it's, it, it's not like it was all smooth sailing. So it does come with the bad, but you just gotta. You know, you just gotta take that as mm-hmm. it is. It, it it happens before yeah. people accept you. It's one of those things. You just got to put in the work and you got to, you know, put in the uh, the time too, yeah. you know. Two, two follow-ups on that. Yeah. Um, well, first, um, have some of these people come around and did an about-face now, the same people who are trying to close those doors and now come no, with the big funny, smiles? No, the funny thing is those people that did close the doors are completely gone. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's exactly I guess why I asked the question in the first place because yes, you might have had some 
breaks and, and luck at the beginning, but you can't maintain based on luck no. and breaks. No, no. And, and, and that, that, that that's, that's a great point because right now the availability and um, I guess the, what would you call it? Yeah, the av- availability to DJ, right, mm-hmm. is it's qu- quite available. Anybody that wants to play, whether it's a controller, whether you want to play on turntables, whatnot, mm-hmm. and especially now that, you know, the importance of who plays at where is kind of, at least for us who play just nightclubs, not shows, just mm-hmm. the residencies. Okay. Has kind of, um, the power has shifted from the DJs, not at all venues, some venues, towards the promoters who think they know better musically. Okay. So they go, I want to bring in this DJ. I want to mm-hmm. bring in my buddy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's, to me, it's, I get there's a better way of doing this, and I um you can attest to this. I hit up a lot of DJs to to like spread work around. Yeah, you know, for like sure. a, a lot of homies, whoever I can, I hand off work. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of fantastic DJs who don't even get a shit of spotlight on them, mm-hmm. right? So I try to make that happen. But for the promoter to come in and push like these new DJs, it's not the right way to do it. Yeah, and the problem is they come in, they play a room they've never played, they don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. And like you said, luck can run out. It's not you can't be lucky all the time, and they don't play a good enough set. And unfortunately, that's it for them. Mm-hmm. That's their first impression, and yeah. you can't come back from that for sure. So, and, and this also this this whole conversation, this topic also attains to others who are using the platform of a DJ as a jump off for their social engagement or something mm-hmm. else, or or building. A public profile, whatever they're trying to brand. do, brand, brand. Yeah, the sure. word brand these days. Yeah. That doesn't. It doesn't even. It, it bothered me in the in the beginning, but it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Because fine, no problem. You want to come play one night? They book you one night because you have a certain amount of followers. Yeah. Not a problem. Come play, but that's the only night you're ever gonna play because mm-hmm. they're now gonna see you in real life. Yeah. Playing mm-hmm. real music, not just your Instagram or whatever yeah, you choose yeah. to show people. Yeah. Right, so now you're vulnerable. You're playing out there. Yeah, you don't do well. You're not coming back. That's it. You're done. So it does, that, sure. that that doesn't bother me. Either. It it used to. Yeah, it used to be like you know it's not fair to the other the other cats who are like are really good and they never get a chance to. But here's yeah. this person with an X amount of followers mm-hmm. that got to here because oh it's good for engagement. It's going to draw more people. It's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And even even with the even with the promoter talk, hey, this guy's going to bring twenty of his friends. Fine, bring twenty of your friends. But you're gonna outcast 50, 60 other people in the club, yeah. in the nightclub, who are who are there to enjoy their time, but the music's not on point. Yeah, for sure. So again, with with with, with all that said, it doesn't bother me anymore. These guys, it's it's um it's something. It's it's a it's not reusable. They're not they can't be recycled. Yeah, it's just one time and they're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to delve a bit into the the good, bad, and ugly yeah. of the nightclub scene. But before the the second follow up to that is. How do you, on those days that the guys unplug on you and, you know, kind of leave yeah. you with that silence or that awkward start, like, how do you recover? Because I get shook pretty quick, and I think a lot of people do, right? Like, once you find kind of that first impression and momentum, you just kind of get a shitty yeah. feeling in your gut. It's it's interesting. I think if, if, I, if, if it was to happen to me now, mm-hmm. I would treat it as a positive for me. Because then I have everyone's eyes on me. Yeah, yeah. So true. it's like, okay, cool. You, uh, you know, I'm going to start off on a clean slate. 
mm-hmm. suddenly there's no music everyone's looking at me yeah, so yeah, what yeah. am i coming with yeah let me just dig into quickly in my head let me dig into one of my like routines that i know is gonna like for sure set off the crowd real nice yeah that you comes know? from confidence and experience too right? so, but that's why i said now yeah yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think definitely wouldn't have the same confidence back then of, yeah. of course um did i feel uh attacked by, by, by the older djs yeah you do feel that but the good part of it is that you're still still learning. So mm-hmm. one thing I learned from U of T and, and and a lot of people say this is you come out with terrible marks because it's it's such a hard university to crack. Like mm-hmm. when it just comes to purely numbers. So what 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 we do say though is that when you do come out, you you have a tougher exterior. Mm-hmm. You know how to handle yourself in tough situations. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lesson that. You know, whatever amount of money was spent at U of D mm-hmm. offsets it for me. Yeah. Right. So putting me in a situation where a guy, you know, at, at the beginning of the career, some guy unplugs something, I'm more calm and collected and I can get to it quick. Yeah. And I think one 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 lesson I learned from 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 that era and, and that being happened is if you ever see me play and set up, I'm very meticulous with my cabling. Okay. You know, and 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 anybody who ever sees this or asks me why and whatnot, make sure it's not tangled and clean and yeah. all that. Well, I'm, it's not I'm even the same way. It drives yeah. me nuts seeing the rat's mm. nest of, of fucking cables. That, that, but but it's not even the OCD part of it. It's it's that if something goes wrong in the middle of the you night, you want to troubleshoot. If it. if a cable comes out or something mm-hmm. disconnects you can or like it. quick, I could be on yeah. it quick, yeah. quick, quick, quick. For sure. That's why I have your stuff cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Like have it ready to go. Make sure like to this day, I'm I'm still like doing that. Yeah, even mm-hmm. though I'm. I'm super quick about it i wouldn't break a sweat if something happened yeah i'm still very quick yeah with it i still practice this you'd be surprised how many people are bad with that remember when we were in vancouver that one dude that asked you to borrow your needles before he went five minutes before he went on and he's going to another gig that's um okay headphones like charger no problem all this stuff no problem headphones Headphones first yeah it's one of those things like you know, if if you're sweating and if someone else is sweating, it's just yeah, yeah. you know you, you don't want to share that. That's one. Mm-hmm. Records are fairly cheaper than replacing your needles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if the person going on, you know, is not someone um, who's who's weathered, who knows what they're doing, and is getting drinks on it and their yeah. greasy fingerprints on mm-hmm. it, and this and that, or like whatever it is, because if 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 they do spill alcohol or whatever it's running your needles at the same time mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i'm always i'm always cautious about who if i was like it's kind of yeah it's kind of like a common courtesy thing like you should always have your headphones your um your records vi- and needles. your records your needles yeah because like a laptop box, stand like the all those box, staples the box and the, the the chargers and the laptop stands fine yeah. take it yeah if i'm not if i'm not leaving to go home mm-hmm. take use it by all means yeah. no problem but like headphones that that gets to personal hygiene yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. then records and needles and yeah it's about being prepared and and being like yo do you mind kind of thing and and it depends who it is too it depends who it is for sure for sure sorry we were going about the good the bad (laughs) yeah yeah now let's jump in that no no we we, we'll go we'll deviate wherever we've we've covered quite a quite a few bases uh, i i it's it's a chaos in my mind but i promise you it's an organized yeah yeah i think um (laughs) i think we you should start uh some sort of hybrid podcast yourself (laughs) kind of covering on these philosophical topics science music art everything just ties in you know um yeah so in terms of yeah the then 
the nightclub scene because you know i think we're not as we're we're not in that world as much especially the kind of the bottle service side of things and right. just kind of wondering how that differs for you than other venues uh, in it, general it's it's aggressive uh mm-hmm. the nightlife it's it's aggressive and it's only been maybe one to two years maybe that i've i've started playing outside of nightclubs yeah kind of say yeah. like the apartment 200s or yeah. like yeah. cold tea or like playing yeah. at baby hughes with you and um the pay is the pay structure is night and day obviously yeah yeah but when people ask me why i do that and that the bar scene is because i do it for myself mm-hmm. yeah right i do it for the i do it for the crowd i think that you have a much more responsive crowd yeah across the board as opposed to in the nightlife you have a very you have a highly responsive crowd but to say Mobamba and 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 Travis Scott, the hits, yeah, right, yeah. You play the hits, you get the reaction. Mm-hmm. You get a you get a full reaction out of it. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's cool. Less freedom to kind of stray from the, the right. But the when hits. you're but when you're getting a reaction from everything that you play, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. and that's and and I find that not uh, you can't find that. Sorry, in the nightclub world, as say. much. Yeah, Ra- rather you'd find it at the apartments and whatnot. Like. My my fondest memory, I guess, this year so far was I played. Well, it's kind of technically last year was the Sunday right before Christmas Eve. Okay, because Christmas was on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Think, Christmas yep. Eve was Monday, and then Sunday was. So Sunday I played at Apartment Two Hundred, and it was the busiest I've ever seen it. Nice. And that's a fun room. It just it was one of those nights where everybody just kind of congregated at apartment 200 the owners were there nate was there yeah everybody was there it was just going mm-hmm. off just fun honest like it's i played it as a joke because uh the gm dared me to <laughs> at the beginning as, as soon as i walked in Shubat, uh shout out to Shubs. he's like uh he's like play nickelback <laughs> oh shit <laughs> uh, what's, what's the song uh Remind remind Bottom me. No no no. The song the song called uh, "Remind Me." Remind me. Yeah, remind, yeah I yeah. think so. This is why you remind me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna go get five. So I went. I, I obviously didn't have it. I, I went and downloaded <laughs> it and uh, I played it. I have a clip in my phone. I'm not kidding. The entire <laughs> bar, whether everybody got the joke or not, just started going off. That's amazing. It was the craziest thing ever. Like people people were getting on the bar, taking off their shirts. Like it was nuts. <laughs> yeah. It was a scene. It was obviously the alcohol had a lot to do yeah, with yeah. it. But this is what I mean. It's like if I if I played something totally off 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 road, off you know, off track at, at a nightclub. Yeah. It's not gonna go over well. It's not gonna go over well with the crowd. Um uh, they want they're there, they spent thousand dollars they want to buy they want to drink their alcohol they want to you know get that instagram moment yeah. of going off to like sickle mode and yeah. this and that yeah that's what they want so when you play something off beaten suddenly like the reaction is not there mm-hmm. i even no, found i played efs a couple months that's ago right, yeah, yeah. and um even like some of the kind of like classic like throwback shit like it was just like fucking crickets i was like this really? is fucked and then you just kind of it, re- it really is hop we, back into oh, the by the way I, I can swear on this podcast yeah yeah, oh, oh, fuck I, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> no i found that interesting because then you came and played baby huey's with me and yeah. like you're just like you dropped like the fucking friends theme yeah yeah, like, yeah i was just like so, oh, uh, this is I crazy think, like, <laughs> so my my new thing is uh well wherever i could get away with it uh, Houdini, friends. Okay, yeah. nice. So, because because it's very them. simple, right? Yeah. Friends, how many of us got them? And I'll just go into the friends yeah. team track. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, the girls just go nuts. That's it's, amazing. It's, but that's what I mean, though. It's like 
play with music, have fun with music. This mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to be. We're yeah. out to like enjoy ourselves, put on a smile, whether it's it's for a joke or whether whatever it is. Mm-hmm. One of my other tra- one of my other routines that is now slowly kind of people are picking up on it at least in the nightlife scene is I'll do uh juicy and Nick bike has an edit of it where at the end of it he loops for Super I guess 60... Nintendo Sega yeah. Genesis yeah right yeah. and then this is I I I took this from A track he did it on the holy ship when I was watching a couple of clips okay I I go from that into the Nintendo soundtrack uh-huh. the Super Mario soundtrack because yeah, 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 yeah. it makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come off of the a cappella and then there's a part in the actual Nintendo Super Mario track that is the same exact pattern as ZZ. So ZZ took the same exact MIDI pattern for it. Right? So it lines up perfectly. So I'll play that a little bit and then go into ZZ and just people go nuts. But even like just just to get to the ZZ part of it, I would have more of a reaction, say, at a Huey's or a partner where people are there for music. Then I would be getting it at night. But once ZZ drops, they were like, oh my God. Yeah, of yeah. course. It's just that. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's like, do people get it? Are, are people preoccupied with, with shoving bottles down their throat? Yeah. That's the <laughs> other thing. Or people are preoccupied at yeah. nightclubs. They're, yeah. they're not, you know, who am I going home with? What mm-hmm. what bottle am I getting? Or am I, you know, who's who's watching me? Or yeah, one? yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. Whereas as opposed to you're at a bar, you have a drink in your hand. That's it. And you're then there's vibing. the music. Yeah. Then there's the music. Then yeah. I then you're in the moment. You can do all these things. That's the difference between yeah. it. That's why the nightlife thing is a little bit more aggressive. Um, unfortunately, you have like to be relevant too. Mm-hmm. Again, I said it's unfortunate. Not ninety, not not hundred percent, hundred percent of the time to be relevant. Somewhat, you still need to do those circuits, mm-hmm. right? That's dope. So, uh, you know, w- one thing that kind of I was curious about, too, is that you're one of the few left in your environment in that world that still rocks tables instead of, you know, CDJs or controls. Why have you held held out so long? So it's coming back. It's um, I think that push that myself and maybe one or two other DJs that were really on top of it for so long mm-hmm. um, kind of pushed uh, the comeback of the within the nightclub. Mm hmm. For example, at EFS, we have two pairs. So one um, just kind of in the back. Addison's, we had yeah, two as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. My personal two was uh, kicking around at EFS for a while. Okay, nice. um, Everly is all mm. turntables. So that's yeah. my other. So all my residencies, except for Wildflower, is turntables. I bring my own for, to Wildflower. The reason is I you think do that, bring turntables. You don't you don't okay. mess with the CDJs. No, 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 because the, the way I'm looking at it too is is the 300 hour rule. Yeah. If if I can spend that extra five hours on tur- turntables rather than CDJs, mm-hmm. that's an extra bit of yeah. practice. Yeah, yeah. Most, I, most I always have I always have more fun with the turntables, but sometimes some of the venues I play at now uh, have CDJs. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, do I lug them? So, oh, it. so it's funny because yeah. So in the nightclub scene, that's that's one of the good parts now is that we're seeing a comeback of, mm-hmm. of the techniques. So a- again, Everly EFS Addison's that's now closed. They took the ones from Wildflower, moved it to. Escobar, Borrow, because mm-hmm. um, it's their sister venue. So they just took it there. It was a newer venue, whatever. I'll bring my own on, on Thursdays. But for the most part, everybody has it. Apartment 200's been very lovely and accommodating. And uh, they, they, they Do they have... They, they don't have turntables on set. They, 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 they get them for you, yeah, because I think I played off it's, CDJs. It's, 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 it's a hassle for them. And, you know, again, big ups like Shubad and, and Kid and all those guys, lovely crew, they do do it for me. 
but they also do recognize that I'm doing this uh, out of love and out of yeah. like, to feed my soul musically. Yeah. And that I'm also not getting really paid my fee. Yeah. So, you know, this they understand. So they they don't mind getting. I, I hope that's the case. They don't mind getting the turn. <laughs> so they have been. They have been getting it for me. So I, you know, I'm a, a rotating resident on Sundays there. So anytime my show comes up at the beginning of the week, I'll be like, I'll, I'll message them and be like, can we make make sure these are there? No problem. So, I think so I think with the growth of uh, like Red Bull Three Style and Goldie and some of these competitions and Absolutely. things, like the turntables are really kind of making their way back into the, a lot M- of the, the MK Sevens. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, big ups, Rob. Uh, Rob from Panasonic too. He's invited me out, so I'm gonna get a chance to go play on them. Oh wow! Um, nice. They just asked me to bring in a mixer because I guess Panasonic doesn't do mixers. Mm-hmm. They did have that technique battle mixer back in the day. Yeah, I think I vaguely recall that. Two one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, back yeah. in the day, the black. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's yeah. like a black one. Just simple. But he's like, just bring in a mixer, and and he's gonna let me uh, mess around on the MK7s. Nice. You oh, gotta shit. let us know how they Cause, are. Yeah, because they don't go into production until. Uh, I think May. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then after that, they, they have to go into production. So it's going to take a little bit longer. And once mm-hmm. they have their stock, then it's going to go on sale. And for anybody wondering, even though this, again, this is not, this information is not out there, they're still going to go for, I think their, um, their mark is going to be around a thousand. Mm-hmm. They want, they might go for $1,200, but I think they're going to keep it around a thousand. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's in the same, um, it's in the same arena as the, any other MK2, MK5, yeah. And 5G. Yeah. They're all around the yeah. same. And they, I think they have to stay in around six, that price six to point to, yeah. to be yeah. relevant. Because the last time was a, a major kind of flop with the, what, what, how much was yeah, it? Yeah, they released. 5,000, 6,000 Yeah, per? Was, that was crazy. Oh, that was, a, but that was, that was like a special, that, that, that wasn't was a, weird, a like, really release either. Yeah, like, and it was more for like audio files, yeah, I think. It was targeted that, but, but I think that the DJ world, because it's a product, a new turntable coming out from Techniques, I felt. I think the DJ there community felt a like a bit. Back. Yeah. There, there was, and and I think Technique had a pullback from it too. So like, as soon as the lashback happened, they kind of put it into shadows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since they released it, we never heard much about it. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Yeah. I think Jazzy Jeff particularly gave, fucking ripped them pretty hard. Yeah. That was floating around on social yeah. media a bit, and then it was like, oh, and then they, yeah, like you're saying, they just kind of like went in the background again. But I mean, the, um, the if, new ones look dope, though. The new ones are dope. If you guys don't know, um, the, the best one of the best parts is the cables are removable, mm-hmm. so RCA yeah. power you can remove it. Yeah, uh, which which puts an end to a era of. RCA replacements for all the techniques. Yeah, 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 what a yeah, headache. Yeah. Uh, that, um, as long as they fit in snug and they're not like, you know, it's not one more thing that's exactly. going to be pulled out. So it's, you know what though? I'll take that as a trade off for your RCA going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, if your RCA when you gotta take the turntable apart, resolder it back, yeah, yeah, and all this stuff. Pain in the ass. Um, so that changed. The tone arm's black, the whole thing. The motor's yeah. stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could change the torque. Mm-hmm. So the torque of the motor itself, you can change. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of neat things about it. Which, yeah. And know, just just up, updated and more sleek. durable. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they look slick for yeah. sure. But but d- durability though, techniques are always like. It's true. It's true. I, I really want to play around on those new reloops. I want to try the, them out. Yeah, yeah we were we were talking, we were talking that. about yeah. that on the way over. The mixer and and the yeah. turntables look dope. I, I just wonder the the you know with the mixers having all the proper pads now is is the the buttons on the turntable a little redundant? Like, what are you gonna do? It's just 
right? They have yeah. all those buttons up there too that are yeah. cues and whatever. Look, they, at, at some point it, it's going to get too much where yeah. there's just too many buttons. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about like the 72 having yeah. a little too much. That's why the S9 is is, is nice. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. user-friendly, simple. User, yeah, and and like it's just going to like it's going to get to a point where it's just going to get too much. Look look what happened with the uh the phasers. Are they out yet? They're not out yet, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't shipped them out. You know no. the you know phase, the, yeah. the phase, phase. sorry, yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it, it's been pushed back how many times? Yeah, yeah. tons. Yeah. Right, and it hasn't even been tested in the trenches yet per se. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, all these technologies are cool, but like there's going to be a there's going to be a lot of noise. But mm-hmm. within that noise there's going to be some really nice tech pieces that are coming out, but the rest is literally Agreed. all that just noise. Um, so yeah, before we wrap up and stuff, tell what what do you got? What can we expect from you in 2019? Anything exciting? 20, yeah, lots of exciting things. 2019 is all practice for this guy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting into a bunch of competitions, hopefully. So I'm literally just um, locking down right now and trying to become the best as I can. You'll be submitting for Red Bull Three Style, Goldie Red Bull Three Style. Okay. Um, depending how far I get with my, but it's behind kind of wanting to do that if you're you know like there's yeah. no reason like you there's have nothing no to prove i have nothing to prove uh, just pushing uh, yourself if anything i have more to lose to gain from mm-hmm. this yeah but let's test myself let's go yeah like let's not be comfortable here that's amazing i like it yeah, yeah. i like the message that's a wicked way to wrap this yeah. up and yo thank you for having thanks, me big thanks. shout out to you guys sorry i actually wanted to thank you guys i was thinking about that last night too um you guys have put on this platform you take time out of your day you set this whole beautiful thing up. You know, it takes time editing it, post pre, all that stuff, setting everything up. You don't get paid. It's not like you're being sponsored by any, anyone mm-hmm. crazy. So I do want to thank you guys for setting up this platform for people like me and and other DJs to come and shoot the shit and talk and and just you know sure, have a have a voice. Yeah, man, that's what we're here for. Yep. Yeah, man. love Thanks it. A lot. Means a lot. Dope. Absolutely. All thank right. you guys. Peace. Peace. Cheers.